The Artwork Podcast. Rattling brains and concepts. 欢迎来到我的博客。Welcome to the Artwork Podcast. This time we're headed for Vienna. Where I had the pleasure to meet up with Rebecca Hirschberg. She is a trained architect, and currently she is going down the rabbit hole of collective forms of housing and architecture, and she is doing her PhD in Ghent University. So here's my talk with Rebecca Hirschberg. Hello, once again.、Uh, we are here in Vienna. This time with. A very good friend of mine, and your name is Rebecca.、Uh, you care for your surname too. Hirschberg.、Uh, Hirschberg. <laughs> and、uh, we just、uh, we just observed a spider's fight with or against a bug, and we were very much impressed by what she did. But she didn't succeed, right? So she.、Uh, mm-hmm. But the bug is still lying on its back, so I think it was. But you think it's relaxing, or no? It's kind of a, a bit annoyed that it、over. lost three legs, right?、Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's a, but it was a kind of a, a creative thing—the thing how she always went back and forth with her little net and with her little spider's web.、Um, anyways, thank you for having me. We're here. Where where are we exactly? If you care to、um, mm-hmm. mention that. Yeah, so we're in the 18th district in the. Kind of quiet area of Vienna, I would say. Yeah.、Um, next to a nice neighborhood park,、um, which is less quiet than the street, but yeah, it's a bit a、uh, forgotten spot, I think, of the city. Which kind of attracted you to the this place?、Mm-hmm. Because you you moved in here. We moved in during COVID, so we were looking for a place where we could go outside、um, a lot. So、yeah. the neighborhood park next door attracted、yeah. us to、okay. this place. And uh, I'm uh, kind of starting off with these questions because、uh, I want to kind of lead to the fact that you're very much.、Uh, I mean, that's very much part of your work. You're、um, an, from by training an architect, but you kind of ventured into、uh, still architecture. But、mm, yeah, I would probably describe it more as urban research with、yeah. a focus on housing. And you just came back from. Not just, but I mean, in, in July, you. Yes, I came back from Ghent in Belgium, where I started my PhD, which is also、um, on housing in Vienna. On housing, which is、uh, strange but good, because、uh, do you, you want to kind of just elaborate on how how you got there with the PhD in, in housing? Because you, I mean,、uh, that's that has been a very much、uh, a part of your,、um, you know,、uh, training and your interest for quite a long time now, right?、Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with the PhD, I'm really only at the start, so I cannot say much about it yet. But、um, the, yeah, my work on housing has been going on for longer. I think for the last six years or six seven years already. And、yeah. it started when I moved to Zurich for my masters in history and theory of architecture. Okay.、Yeah. And I lived together with a friend, and we were both super impressed by the cooperative housing architecture in Zurich.、Yeah. So we started to visit a lot of projects, and I think it's always nice when you're in a new city. You're much more motivated to discover to places explore,、yeah. to explore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did that a lot, and we were, yeah, like I said, really impressed. And then decided to 
bring these ideas to Graz, where we both studied and where I'm from. Yeah. And then organized a workshop together with a group of friends, which we called Wohnlabor, like translating to housing lab. Yeah. And this week was really intense. We had events every night with yeah. experts on housing or people from collective housing projects. We invited people from Zurich also yeah. to explain the housing um, culture there and the conditions on, behind on it. Especially on cooperative housing. Uh, yeah, so for Zurich, we focused on the cooperative housing model, yeah. but for Austria, more on yeah, building communities like Baugruppen. Yeah. And not so much on the cooperative housing model back then. Is that then. just so maybe maybe not everybody's kind of familiar with with what what cooperative cooperative housing is? Do, do you want to just kind of um, explain it in terms of how it works in in, in Switzerland? Mm -hmm. Because I'm also not really super uh, you know familiar with with the the structure there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So most cooperatives in Zurich are um, owned by the cooperative members. Yeah. So it's a form of collective ownership yeah so you don't own your apartment but you own a share in the cooperative okay yeah. but this includes that you live at cost rent so you there is no profit gained with your rent and you also can stay as long as you want except okay, okay that's maybe a detail except if your whole household size shrinks a lot then and your okay. apartment is too big then you would have to move out but you could get a new apartment within, within the, the cooperative. same complex and Within yeah, the same within structure? the same cooperative, not always oh, okay. in the same cooperative because if there's no vacant apartment, but the cooperative will look for something in the cooperative. Ah, so so, like an example, if I don't know, I have a family and three, four kids, whatever, and then they're all moving out because yes. you know, and then I would have to move out yes. theoretically speaking, and if I kind of really uh, have. There might be a situation where I have to move within the city of Zurich to a different. Um, yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. So the yeah. cooperative, most cooperatives have like priorities. For example, elderly people are more allowed to stay in the same neighborhood than young people who are more flexible or more mm. mobile yeah. still. But they will always try to like, that you yeah. can so stay they, in they place. They want to make you feel comfortable within the situation. Yeah. yeah. So you have a, a big um, security in your living situation, yeah. and you're a co-owner. And the rent is much lower than on the free market. I think it's in Zurich one third lower than okay. free market rent. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah, and a lot of cooperatives are around 100 years old already. So oh, they okay. earn a lot. Uh, they own a lot of apartments all over the city. And then there is that new generation of cooperatives that are maybe more known to architects like yeah. Kaltbreite or Mehr als Wohnen because yeah. they explored really interesting experimental housing models over the last 15 years, I would say. Um, also, no, that's not true. Maybe 30 years already. Okay, interesting in terms of aesthetics or in terms of function or, or both? Mm, or? I think one of the... So the, the first new very interesting projects emerged in the 90s these were, yeah, I think also in terms of aesthetics, but also in um, the way, the, the sizes of households. Okay. So they, they expanded the nuclear family model and, and constructed large households for like 10 or 15 people. Oh, and they okay. built really large units and yeah. that already started in the 90s. And then projects like Kalkbreite or Mehrs Wohnen, they offer apartments that are known as cluster apartments where okay. you not just have your own room but a small unit with also a bathroom and a small kitchen and then share a lot of 
facilities and spaces with your co-residents. Okay, so the, the very private kind of uh, private rooms that you own, have them for yourselves, but then there are communal spaces. Yeah, so okay. that even goes one step further. I mean, of course, you also need a m much more um, kitchens and <laughs> bathroom yeah. and yeah. Um, facilities, but yeah, it adds a level of privacy maybe, but the, those large households from the 90s and early 2000s are also very interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that that's more the renaissance of cooperatives yeah. in Zurich, which started in the 80s, 90s. Um, and yeah, they are more known to outside of Switzerland, I would say. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we invited representatives and architects who planned for these cooperatives to Graz. Yeah. And there was a lot of interest at these events and yeah. that really motivated us to yeah, to keep on working on this and topic. That was the nucleus of, of when you started the Bone Labor, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, the, the initial, you were six people? Uh, no, we were at the, during that week, we were even more, I think we were around 10, but some okay. were like one was a friend of mine who is a sociologist. Yeah. Is that the word? Sociologist? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, maybe she's farming, but... <laughs> no, <laughs> no he, 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 he is. He is okay, so he yeah. was more focused on group dynamics and also helped moderating sessions because we yeah. also, like in the afternoons, we always worked with a group and discussed topics like how do we want to live and how could yeah. we organize ourselves. So we imagined to be like a co-resident and yeah, yeah, yeah. to organize a okay. project. And then in the evenings, there were these events. Okay. Um, yeah, and all in all, I think we were 10 organizing that week. And after the week, we were six people work keeping um, on working on these topics as a collective. Then we founded an association, which is Gemeinnützig, because mm -hmm. like the purpose of the association is to promote or to. Um, yeah, I think we wrote before <laughs> yeah, yeah, the discourse yeah, yeah. on on yeah. housing alternatives, non-profit so kind of housing. Initial uh, bye bye. We're just saying goodbye to to your boyfriend who's putting on his headphones <laughs> like a like a Adonis <laughs> and we're saying bye Hi. take it easy um, I see so yeah so you want to kind of uh, initialize the the discussion within not just within Graz but basically that that was the, the initial idea to um, yeah. to get a kind of a start for that uh, yeah. discourse yeah and yeah. I mean we also invited people from Vienna, like I mentioned earlier, that that there are these Baugruppen. Yeah. Um, often, not in all cases, but in many cases, they're focused on one project where they build for themselves. And it's not always embedded in a cooperative structure like in Zurich, mm. where the cooperatives keep, yeah. keeps building afterwards and yeah, is yeah. a larger yeah. um, organization. Yeah. Um, but also in Vienna, there are very interesting projects by yeah. these building communities. Yeah. So we also invited them to Graz to learn from okay, Vienna, yeah, which is yeah, a bit closer yeah. to Zurich. And in the meantime, I moved to Vienna myself too. Yeah, now and so now uh, in in Ghent, that was pretty much. Uh, I mean, your PhD uh, direction, I would say, or you know, your your research is exactly still on the same topic, obviously. Right? Mm -hmm. Or would or is that not correct? No, no, it's it's totally correct. It's more historic maybe than the work with Wohnlabor because with Wohnlabor we really work on um, com yeah, current questions yeah, and yeah. we follow the discourse today or new laws or yeah. what's being built or, 
yeah, we really follow the current discourse. And I would say my PhD is more, yeah, historical Historic, research. Yeah. Looking, yeah. Because in the meantime, after I've lived in Zurich, I also worked quite a long time on a research project on Zurich again, okay. which went back to the nine, yeah, to 1900 to research yeah, how this... that we saw at the Biennale, yeah. the architecture, yes, exactly. which was... Uh, 2021, 20, 20, 20, yeah, 21. it was okay, supposed yeah, to be in yeah. 2020, but yeah. in the end. Yeah, I do remember that, that was a, a nice show. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, currently we're finishing the book on that project. Okay, the book, book's title would be? Cooperative Conditions, a Primer on Architecture, Finance and Regulation in Zurich. Uh, that's quite a mouthful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, short yeah. title, Cooperative Conditions. Okay, Cooperative Conditions. Yeah, yeah. because okay. it's really about the conditions that enable these cooperatives to operate. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah but... Um, you could do an acronym, like what was the whole sentence was what? <laughs> <laughs> A primer on architecture, finance and regulation in Zurich. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I think we're going to put the... Uh, the link in the description. Like I, I dare not even repeat it now. <laughs> but it's oh good. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Okay, so uh, I see. Um, and did you have the the feeling that um, that this is within the current market? I mean, market conditions. Right? Is that very much something that that people are picking up on? Um, like more than let's say twenty years ago, these kind of models. Mm, maybe I'm too young to... Or say 10 years. 10 years. Maybe I'm too young. <laughs> no, but I mean, I didn't follow the discourse yeah, 20 yeah. years ago, but... Or if you compare, let's say, if you compare it to your research, you know. Um. Yeah, so there's definitely a lot of interest for that topic. Mm -hmm. Also in grads, we often get emails from people like, do you know, is there some co-housing or do you know about mm -hmm. any projects we yeah. would like to live like this? So... But I don't know if that existed before already, but through our work, we get a lot of yeah. um, requests like that. Yeah. And also since the last real estate crisis in 2009 mm. and so much investment went into housing mm. um, and high rents all, yeah, if you look at Germany or also yeah, Switzerland or here, there's... Exactly. So yeah. I think cost rent models of housing, where you really only pay what it yeah, costs yeah. to live, That's are yeah. Sounds quite appealing. <laughs> yes, I think that sounds appealing to everyone. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think it's important that and we also, keep working. I think also maybe this, spreading this, this yeah, idea. Also maybe this this idea that there is no big structure that that kind of controls you know what what you what you could control in a way, right? So that, that you're kind of more in, the, in, a, in a position where you say what you want if you kind of have, a, have a, a community that decides that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that cooperative models in Zurich, that's really an advantage that you can vote on every project yeah. they, the cooperative develops. You, yeah. you as a cooperative member yeah. are invited to the general assembly yeah. and then give your vote to these projects. Do you know, like a number for, for there are probably like 5,000 people in one, like the stakeholders of this is co cooperation, as mm. a cooperative so society? It's, it's different because some cooperatives decide that only the residents can be members. Yeah, yeah. And the biggest cooperative in Zurich isn't that big. I thought they would, like, of course it's big, they have 5,000, around 5,000 okay, apartments. Yeah, okay, yeah. But in Austria, there are limited yeah. profit um, housing associations that 
um, operate 50,000 apartments. So it's yeah. um, 5,000 for the biggest one isn't that that big. Yeah. And that's one cooperative that only allows residents to be members. So I guess they, they have around, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe 8,000 members or so. Yeah. Um, but then there are others like Kalbreite or Wogeno that also mm. allow just people who, who are interested in the cooperative or used mm. to live there oh, really? to okay. s- still be members or buy a share and okay. then be invited to these general assemblies. Oh, that okay. also there yeah. are also cooperatives like that. Oh. And then they often have more members than much bigger like than yeah, cooperatives yeah, yeah. with a bigger port- like real estate sure. portfolio yeah. maybe. It, it, the word portfolio sounds very uh, capitalistic for that kind of model, but it is yes, a portfolio. Uh, yeah, maybe it's not the no, best word, but yeah. It, it's just, yeah. Their housing stock or their... Yeah. And, and then they would, uh, let's maybe talk about the, the kind of the design and the, the uh, uh, planning project. They would invite uh, architecture firms for the planning and the, and the designs, or would they do they have their own kind of, you know... Um, Mm, yeah, historically, those cooperatives always had their in-house architects oh, really? who yeah. built almost all or many yeah. um, developments for them. But today, they, um, they organize architectural competitions, okay. and they but exist. Hmm? No, sorry, yeah, no, go ahead. No, there are different kind of um, architectural competitions. There are the one that are open and even internationally open. Yeah. So the Kalkplatte was one like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then many, like a common model in Zurich is also that eight to 12 teams are invited okay. and then yeah. do a design, which has yeah. the advantage of course that the compensation is better, yeah. but yeah. with the open competitions, you have more ideas that yeah, yeah, yeah. are contributed. Which might be good, might be not. More ideas is not always better, but yeah, I see. But okay. of course, a lot of unpaid hours of work. Yeah, so. yeah. Let's let's maybe uh, move back a little because you, you studied architecture in Graz as well, and then in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, when was that kind of a was that kind of a point where you uh, felt that you're or kind of had the, the inkling that you're not going to end up in, in like, you know, classical architecture, designing, drawing, um, and being in a, you know, office. Um, was there a point or was there a specific moment where you think, okay, well, this is not for me, I'd rather go into research and, and stuff, or is that still a kind of a, fl- you know, fluctuating thing in your, in your, in your mind? Mm, it's not fluctuating anymore, I think. It was for a long time... In grads, the studies are quite open, or at least they were when I studied. So you could choose a lot of theory classes also, even if it's a technical university. It's, yeah. You don't have to take that many technical courses. So And I always observed that I took a lot of theory classes, yeah, so yeah. my yeah. intuition went into that direction. Yeah. And also, my master thesis was very much um, not technical <laughs> at all. <laughs> so, yeah. um, what was the name of it? My master thesis was um, YYZ HKG. YYZ HKG, a tale of two cities. And the uh-huh. content was. Okay, so maybe I have to explain it because at the time yeah, I studied. You definitely in, have to explain. <laughs> at the time I studied in Hong Kong and my boyfriend studied in Toronto, yeah. and 
because we didn't see each other for seven months, which was really long. The idea was that after my stay in Hong Kong, I go visit him and start working on my master thesis. Mm -hmm. And then when I told my Hong Kong friends, I observed that really a lot of them told me, ah, my uncle lives in Toronto, oh, yeah, yeah. my brother, ah, my, my, yeah. oh, my, my auntie lives there. And so it was really astonishing how huge, many, huge community, right? how many uh, people of, uh, that I knew in Hong Kong knew people in Toronto. Yeah. So I started to do research on that and discovered that, yeah, b before the handover back to China in 1997, yeah. So that the handover was decided in 1984. So there was this 13 year long period yep, yeah, yeah. until the final handover. And a lot of people who could afford it um, emigrated yeah. to Canada, yeah. which had a very friendly immigration policy mm -hmm. at the time. A lot of them also went to Australia or the US or UK, mm -hmm. obviously, yeah. but most of them went to Canada. So, and many of them also emigrated back once they had gotten a Canadian passport. And I got to know many of um, those Hong Kong Canadians mm -hmm. and then started to tell a story between those two cities. So that's yeah, why it's yeah. called for the airports, because yeah, yeah maybe also a story of globalization and the airport is like the synopsis of this. So I called yeah. the work after those airport um, acronyms. acronyms. Yeah, or abbreviation. Or, yeah. Yeah. And then... Actually, it's a photographic journey through these cities yeah. and I always juxtapose the realities of the people when they still lived in Hong Kong. And so, for example, I, I conducted interviews with five of them and went to all of their favorite places in both cities. So and you and they back in Toronto, they showed you yeah. the photos from, from how did you, or so when they were kind of before they were moving? Out when or? I met them in Toronto, I, I went back a year later to Hong Kong to visit the places by myself. Yeah, yeah. So some of them I met in Toronto and then yeah. visited the places in Hong Kong yeah. by myself or the other way around. I met them yeah. in Hong Kong and yeah, visited yeah. the places in Toronto okay. by myself. Um, and and the book is complemented by my own juxtapositions of the yeah. city. So, for yeah. example, I compared the city borders, which are very different. Because yeah. in yeah. Toronto, it's very fringy yeah, and sprawling. Yeah, like and in Hong Kong, it really stops at wow. the border to Shenzhen and you see and, the skyline. And the border of, of the sea. And the border of the sea. <laughs> but I, I took the border to Shenzhen as a topic, so the city ends in very different ways. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. was, for example, one just... Because I've, I've been there once and, and I, I, there, there, there's not a point where I say, okay, now you exit Toronto, right? you just drift off into the countryside in a way, right? Um, and then into the vast, the vastness of Canada. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, okay. Yeah, and I also spend a lot of time in the suburbs of Toronto because of that work, because Chinatown in, in more of the central part is where the first Chinese immigrants settled, mm -hmm. but now Hong Kong Chinese live in Markham, which is its mm -hmm. own suburb, and Chinese immigrants live in Scarborough, okay. another suburb, yeah, yeah, yeah. or even in its own town, I think. It's not even just a... Yeah, yeah, it has the status of a town, I think. But so I spend a lot of time there because all the families yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> of the people that yeah, I there, um, yeah. talk yeah. to live there. Ah, okay. Yeah, nice. So I had a bike in Toronto and um, explored the fringes and the <laughs> daily life places of 
of those five people. Yeah, yes, and they, but they still have ties back to, to their families in Hong Kong. Or? Yeah, so both, both, uh, no. Like so all five of them still had ties to both places. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's, um, I. Yeah. Toronto was impressive in that in that sense. That also the uh, the culinary scene is fantastic, right? Um, the, the Asian the Asian food mm-hmm. is really impressive. I was like, uh, and uh, when I was walking through the, well back then, I was uh, yeah a huge Asian community, right? Yeah, it's good. Um, not so much Canadians in Hong Kong. <laughs> But I there mean, are. passport-wise, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. there are a lot of people yeah, with yeah. Canadian passports yeah. in Hong Kong. Yeah. Did you, uh, back, I want to kind of hark uh, back to the, the, the time in, that your, your time, how long have you been spending time, or how, how long have you been studying in, in Hong Kong? Is it? Um, studying six months, yeah. but then I went back to work in Hong Kong in 2019 for another year. Okay. But that was um, after studying. yeah. 2019 and it was just before the um, start of COVID. Yeah. Of COVID, yeah, mm-hmm. crazy. And it was the year of the big protests in Hong Kong. Yeah, umbrella protests. No, the umbrella protests were, oh, were actually 20. during my first stay in Hong two, Kong. Yeah. I always came yeah, for yeah, yeah. protests, yeah. so I'm Kong. <laughs> so two, 2014 were the was the umbrella the revolution, umbrella, yeah, yeah, and then the protests were 2019. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that actually. Yeah, um, did you find that? Uh, I mean, it's a very obvious question, but that was kind of inspiring for you the time in Hong Kong, or was it stressful? Like from or the both? political situation, no, or from no, the yeah, city just, just how you picked it up, how you, how you kind of experienced it. Um, yeah, mean, very inspiring. Um, I still say the most beautiful place I've ever lived in was Hong Kong, um, which yeah. I, I, like everybody's surprised about that because they. Imagined me living in a six square meters yeah, room somewhere in Hong Kong, not, I which I was not. Yeah. So yeah, that was very inspiring living environment because me and many friends lived on an island which yeah. was only for pedestrians, so no cars yeah. or only tiny fire brigade cars to yeah. go through the little streets. But except that, only cyclists and pedestrians. That was on, on Lama Island. Lama Island, yeah, yeah, yes. Lama, which is uh, maybe ten, five, five miles south. I am very of, bad of with Hong distances, Kong. but so it's a 22-minute ferry ride yeah, yeah, to yeah, Central, yeah. and then you're in Central Hong then Kong. Central Hong Kong, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. I re- I visited you once, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was great. I I, I can totally uh, second the fact that I think it's, it's a fantastic living environment, yeah. Just for the climate and the and the fact that you're in the middle of the sea, basically, right? Yeah, you're in the but middle in the sea of the sea in the jungle, basically. Yeah. Uh, and you can swim before work, and yeah. then and take after the ferry work. and after work, <laughs> and it feels a bit like holiday. Yeah. And then you the take the good. ferry. The food is great, and then you take the ferry in the center of Hong Kong. So yeah. after 20 minutes, so that's oh, pretty, pretty, pretty premium, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. That was great. So that was uh, that was inspiring, and you still kind of take inspiration off that time in in your work now. Do you have flashbacks, or is that something that um, kind of concluded and and gone? <laughs> um, gone in the midst in the midst of time. No, it definitely still inspires me. Also, because I still 
um, a lot of friends from that time yeah. that also work on similar topics and we still yeah. exchange on them. So also in that sense, it was inspiring. Mm. Well, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, I think you always keep it, you know, things that you experienced and they're intense, you always keep them, you know, anywhere. Mm. Um, but politically, of course, there also stays a lot of um, sadness and mm, frustration yeah, with the situation. Yeah, absolutely. And also, of course, the consciousness about that the people I wrote my work about and a lot of my friends in Hong Kong are in a very privileged situation mm. because they have two passports and yeah, yeah, can yeah, leave yeah. and a lot of people Most yeah, of them don't. don't yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, do, you have still, do you still keep contact with them on a regular basis with the friends you have there or had there? Or are they yeah, some of them, them also gone? moved to Europe in the meantime. Yeah. Again, very privileged. Mm -hmm. yeah. But... Yeah, so I'm not that familiar with the political situation now. Yeah. But when I worked at university, of course, a lot of young students didn't come to class anymore yeah. because they were yeah. involved in the protests yeah. and yeah. organized themselves to fight for their yeah. rights. And that was... Unsuccessfully, yeah. sadly. Yeah, um, yeah I, was, I would be curious to go over there once again. Um, but yes, you know, if, if you come in as, as a stranger or as a visitor, it's always very hard to kind of gauge what, what the situation is, right? So, but yeah. Um, I kind of want to um, just uh, go back, go back, but uh, to one question just popped up in my mind uh, in terms of the cooperative housing situation. Do you think the, the current economical situation is, is, has, a, is, has an impact on, on these uh, developments? And uh, like, uh, you know, inflation, housing prices go up and stuff. Uh, is that something that um, kind of excluding the, this model or is that something that would, you know, support that, that model of... of uh, of yeah, building and, and ha creating space to li to live. Okay, not an easy question. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the last years were super tough for these projects or for these cooperatives because yeah. there was so much investment in housing that it yeah. was really hard to get land to yeah. build. Um, cause so I think now with rising interest rates, maybe there's less investment in housing and oh, in long term that yeah. might be better for the model. But at the moment, not yet. I think not the yet, last yeah. 10 years were really yeah. tough to yeah, yeah. build new projects or to get access to land to build new projects. Because the big money just snatched away the, yes. yeah. the, the building space, right? The, but yeah. that doesn't mean that there is not interest of people. I think the interest is much, much, much bigger than the offer yeah. that there yeah, yeah, is yeah, already. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think if they could build, they would definitely rent yeah. it out. So I have no doubt about that. Yeah. But I think, yeah, the access to land was just the main Problem. Yeah, that should be maybe, you know, uh, f kind of uh, uh, formulated into a uh, legal situation where there should be, I don't know, 25% of, of uh, space, you know, um, really kind of uh, um, excluded from the, from the market. I mean, in, in Vienna, they, they went even further oh, because yeah? prices went so high that in 2019, the city decided that 
um, two thirds have to be two thirds. Two thirds oh, of uh, development have to be social, like um, it's called yeah. geförderte Wohnbau, Geförder so yeah. subsidized yeah. housing. Yeah. So that's a big step. That is a big um, step. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know of any other place in Austria that does that. Yeah, um, same, yeah. If if somebody knew it, you should know it. <laughs> Between the two of us, anyway, no. So. Yeah, I'm not yeah. too familiar with all. Um, different provinces, their policies. But yeah, I know yeah, that Vienna yeah. did that in 2019, yeah. but the effects of that are, has, still have to be seen um, yeah, yeah, in the long sure. term. Yeah. But yeah. it's one step towards that um, land problem. Yeah, the, um, the housing and the land problem and the, and the rent, rent problem. Rent is uh, crazy, gone, gone crazy in, in Vienna, especially right? I mean, many other cities as well, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, Vienna is still much better compared to London. Munich or London or, or yeah, yeah, Ber sure. Berlin. So yeah. Because the share of Gemeindebau, limited profit housing, and also like the apartment we are in at the moment is, has also a rent cap. So that's yeah. already, in, I think, almost two-thirds in Vienna of rental apartments have some kind of limitation yeah. of rent. Yeah. So yeah. maybe only one-third, uh, one one quarter or a little bit more yeah. are on the open market mm -hmm. where the huge rents rises were. So yeah. that's a smaller share than in many, many other cities. Oh yeah, definitely. It might be one of the reasons why it's uh, voted what for the how many, how many is time for the, the most livable city in what the world or something? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever that means, you know, on, on, on Quipe or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's these these uh, rankings are just, you know, for, for, for the media, for the yellow yellow press but um, but it is a livable city I'd say right yeah um, so you don't that might be kind of a stretch the question but do you, do you see yourself coming back to uh, a situation where you design and, and you know uh, really plan houses as well or is that something mm -hmm. yeah so uh, you asked me before if that was fluctuating, so I said oh, yeah, it's not true. fluctuating anymore, but but, <laughs> but. <laughs> but I, I still hope I get involved in housing design at some point, yeah. but not as a responsible architect. So I don't see myself um, drawing all the plans and, and drawing the technical details, so yeah, I think yeah. that won't be me. But that, would, that would be machine learning anyways. I mean. Maybe, but yeah. yeah, so in my collective and with Bon Labor, a lot of my colleagues are really practicing architects. Yeah, so yeah. in a cooperation with the co the, our collective, at some point plans um, a housing project. I'm very much interested in that. Yeah. And that, uh, I suppose, more in the, um, well, that was just a guess, guess of my part, more interested in the logistics of a building than the aesthetics. Is that correct? Or? I mean, I also love the aesthetics of a building. I'm just not the best technical designer, I think. Um, but I, I also would be interested in the um, to take part in the concept for that building, so which spaces to share and yeah. how and for what purpose and where to situate them in the building. Yeah. And so the concept public. would be first and then obviously, yeah, yeah. and then you would kind of... Uh, mold that into, into mm -hmm. the... So into I think I, I would be more involved in the concept phase probably than in the yeah. technical drawing yeah, yeah, phase yeah. of that. Yeah, which is, um, or the, also the financing really interests me. Yeah, yeah. Or you can maybe crowd, yeah, crowdsource the money yeah, for yeah. such a project. So yeah. I would also like to work on that in reality. 
well, you, you probably will, I guess, no? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, well, talking about because I just uh, kind of uh, mentioned it briefly, do you think that, uh, generally speaking, um, uh, machine learning will be kind of shaking the architectural scene? Yes, no? That's wrong question for Why? me, I think. Because, yeah, I'm not, not so reflected on these questions. Well, the, here's the, here's the space for it. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, just kind of shoot from the hip if you want. Mm, I think the projects we would like to develop or we were we are interested in are so um, not standardized or explore mm -hmm. new ideas of mm -hmm. how to live together, so they don't repeat so many yeah patterns that are already. There, so I think, and maybe also include the participation of residents. That I don't know if machine learning can replace that. Maybe can assist yeah. that for sure. But I don't yeah. think. Yeah, I think the the role of architects in that field is still really needed. Yeah. No, and and just generally speaking, I mean, you know, like big firms that do are you know corporate housing things and whatever developments. Do you think that that it, that will be? I don't know if that's it's a you know, question that you're interested in, but you know uh, what I meant is also: Do you think the general impact of machine learning on on the uh, the armies of uh, architects slaving away in, in offices for for you know not a lot of money? Do you think that will be? Um, yeah, uh, possibly, possibly. But I would be a bit afraid that uh, maybe two boring solutions would evolve but maybe that's my maybe that's also the case uh, yeah. already it's already the case yeah, yeah that's true so maybe I mean, if you look at <laughs> if you look at some of those housing projects that yeah, you see true. you know all the places you think um, well couldn't get more boring <laughs> but yeah true yeah. yeah it's interesting interesting times I mean uh, just uh, I talked to a mutual friend just recently you know Nicole and uh She told me that there's uh, there's already I mean it's, it's no 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 secret and, and obviously the case, but there's um, you know big uh, urban planning uh, machine learning um, platforms that are you know super fast and, and just basically spitting out the perfect uh, you know grid for for a even city you know mm. in terms of um, you know from what whatnot from from. Uh, electricity lines to, to canals and whatnot, you know. Just, uh, yeah, I mean, for that, of course, I think it's mm. super helpful. Mm. And also to generate maybe 100 or 1,000 <laughs> solutions yeah. and then yeah. pick the best ones and yeah. develop them further. Yeah. That's for sure helpful. Uh, Could be helpful. We'll see. We'll see. Um, the Because uh, you were like, a, see, I mean, we're already kind of... Uh, Quite a quite a good time already, and you were kind of very skeptical when I first asked you, right? You were kind of, well, I'm not sure that that's anything to do with creativity or something, but I, I think it totally has, you know. Um, so, but anyways, I mean, um, I I think uh, we slowly have to draw to a conclusion or not conclusion, but to the end of uh, the thing. So, there's also a very kind of banal end part of these mm -hmm. podcasts uh, that I'm aiming for. So. Um, Let me just maybe ask you some general questions. Um, okay. What kind of, because uh, we, I mean, uh, we met 
or we visited, you know, places uh, together before. Uh, but what kind of other forms of art do inspire you, or don't inspire you? I would say music and films. Music and films. Mm -hmm. Also because you're an ace cello player. <laughs> I know that. I'm not sure about ace, but no, yeah, it's no. definitely yeah. big influence on me. Does yeah, and uh, I think uh, pretty much your. I mean, your sister is, is a great the cellist. Player, mm -hmm. yeah, she's a cellist, and uh, my mother is a cellist. Your mother is a cellist, obviously. Yeah, and uh, I can say you're an ace cello player, so <laughs> I do know that. Um, uh, is there? Um, There's another question, basically. Uh, because, and then a very obvious one for you, because you are working very, I would say very often, but you do work in a collaborative uh, forms, right? Um, it can be very inspiring, but what are the drawbacks of, of working in a you know, collaborative situation with, with uh, you know, two, three, four, five other people? Mm, drawbacks is like... Um, Negative aspects, like right? So, or things that you don't you know, find a bit difficult, maybe? And what are the mm. what are the positive sides? Yeah. I I don't see that many drawbacks. Okay. Uh, almost yeah. none. Maybe the only drawback sometimes it can be frustrating that we talk too much. But in the long term, I think it's always valuable to yeah. have these conversations. Yeah. But maybe in the day to day, it can be a bit frustrating yeah, if yeah, you yeah. are stuck in a conversation for three four hours and you have the you feeling just go you, yeah, circles, you haven't yeah. Yeah. done anything. But otherwise, I really am a very collaborative person yeah, and yeah, I yeah. see mostly only the advantages yeah, yeah. I can I can relate so uh, I mean yeah for initial ideas or yeah if you want to get things done sometimes you're quicker you know when you're just two or maybe even one but uh, that kind of mental ping pong ping pong can be quite fruitful right? mm -hmm. I think um, okay here's a quick one uh, favorite color green green and you're wearing a green top, yes actually, true yeah? um, Favorite pasta form? Pasta form? Not the form, yeah, like, uh, you know, kind of what, what type of pasta? Like fusilli. Like fusilli, yeah, yeah, okay. whatever. Yeah, I mostly eat fusilli at the moment. Fusilli, but okay. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Because the dinkle fusilli from Spa <laughs> are really good. <laughs> <laughs> the dinkle fusilli. Mm -hmm. um, film, favorite film? Fav one favorite film. Nice. Or one that really inspires you. It doesn't have to be favorite because that's very hard to say. But, you know, one that you maybe saw recently and you said, well, that's fantastic. That's a recommendation. <laughs> or something that you keep coming back to, you know, watching mm -hmm. it maybe. You know, mm -hmm. Yeah, one, one film that I keep watching every few years is Das Leben der Anderen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Maybe um, one of my very, very, very favorite films. Yeah, okay. Um... Favorite aquatic dweller, so sea animal. <laughs> turtle. <laughs> turtle. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's sweet. We just saw a giant turtle in Cyprus. It was like this. Really? Mm -hmm. In the sea? Yeah. Ah, okay. While swimming? Mm -hmm. Really? Oh, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I didn't know they... Did. Right at the wall in Lanaka, in the really? middle of the city. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Not bad. Okay. So, yeah, turtle. I can, mm -hmm. totally, I can totally understand. They're, they're cute. Um, right, um, there's one more question which I maybe should have uh, 
post before, but I'm gonna, you know, maybe that's a nice one to, to finish off here. Um, are there any kind of tools in your, or mental tools or, you know, um, functions that you found in your life or with that in times when you're not inspired, when you're not feeling, you know, um, creative and inspired that you can go back to and they kind of kickstart your, your, um, yeah, creativity or your will to, to, you know, be productive. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so when I don't know what to write or what to <laughs> also for the start of the PhD now, the most inspiring thing is for me to go for a walk and okay. take a lot of photos and really, really? yeah, I do that a lot. Yeah. So because I, I, I write on Gemeinnützigen um, non-profit yeah. housing. Yeah. So I go and visit housing projects and, and like oh. go through the shared spaces yeah, and yeah. look at how the entrance situations are and how it's connected to the city fabric. And then, yeah, and I love taking photos while okay. doing that oh. and also take a lot of notes or write like a bit of a diary or like a yeah, yeah. researcher. And that really helps me to get um, into the writing into and the research group, process yeah. again. So I do that a lot. Oh, fantastic. So not just walking, but you have to take the photos and kind of yeah. reflect on it later mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Okay, great. Fantastic. Well, here's one for, for all the other um, people lacking inspirations. Walk and take photos. Um, great. Well, thank you very much, Rebecca. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And um, uh, yeah, I hope we meet again soon. And uh, thanks for your time. See you.